Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Welcome into Stacking the Box. It is June 7th, and I am joined by someone much better looking than Mark Carmen. It is Mike Tanier of Football Outsiders. Used to write here at Fanside for a little while. Had a, had a great column called Come On Coach, which hopefully you read. Uh, but Mike is nice enough to join us while Carm is flying back from Orlando uh, from the uh, Fansided Palooza, whatever the hell you want to call that, 2022. Uh, so, Mike, obviously, football outsiders, analyst, uh, scribe, provocateur, uh, all, all the uh, adjectives apply. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm having an epiphany as we speak and as I'm watching my Twitter scroll. I'm just going to give up. I'm going to surrender. I'm just going to do nothing but make listicle garbage for the rest of my life. All I am seeing right now, going completely viral and getting all the attention, is this terrible head coaching list. That somebody yep. made. They put Cliff Kingsbury number four, 
And every single one of our colleagues, all of whom have stuff they need to share and have like close friends and coworkers that they that they need to promote, are all talking about this list and not the good hard work that you might be doing, I might be doing, Aaron Schatz might be doing whatsoever. So I quit. I surrender. Hey, hey, internet, you know who my number one coach is in the NFL? Matt Eberflus. He's number one. He's number one. Pay attention to me. Pay attention to me. I'm going to put it on a listicle because that seems to be how this job is done anymore. Well, so it's not just somebody who put it out. Pro Football Focus put it out. Which maybe oh. by yeah oh yeah Pro Football Focus put this list out and as you mentioned look, Belichick is one, John Harbaugh two, Andy Reid is three, Cliff Kingsbury is four. My initial reaction when I saw the list, which I tweeted out, was did Cliff Kingsbury's parents put out this list? <laughs> um, and then I thought to myself that that might have been aggressive even for Cliff Kingsbury's parents. Um, <laughs> Mike Tomlin who's never had a losing season in like 87 years as a Steelers coach, is not on the top 10. Uh, but Mike McCarthy is. The same Mike McCarthy who basically single-handedly won money for everyone who bet the Niners last year in that wild card game. Uh, Sean McVay, not on the list. I got to tell you, we were I, I was looking at that list and said, all we're missing at this point is like Adam Gase, like posthumously being put on the list. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. And I really, like normally I see crap like that, and I'm like, all right, it's just got to be a troll, right? Like, like it was that list. Like, if you're not on Twitter, maybe a year or two ago, people put out like the top 25 running backs of all time. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Like there were misspellings. It was purposely yeah. just to push people off. Right. This is like your pro football focus. You are owned by a guy who does Sunday night football, and you have Cliff King. There is Cliff Kingsbury might be the fourth best head coach in his division. Look, they did this and. Schrager tweets, wow, that's a really bold decision. We'll have to get you guys on the show to talk about it. They win. They win. win. Football outsiders would never put a little. I'll tell you what happened. Cliff Kingsbury has a high fourth down go for it rate. And if you run that through, you know, the the, the, the analytics, uh, uh, you know, grinder, it'll come out that he's an aggressive coach. He does it at the right times. So that's going to be high on your list. Now, football outsiders, we would do that. We would stick it in this category and say, this is O for December going back to like his days in college. <laughs> you know, like, like we would, we would definitely run it through the BS detector and say, no, 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 no. There are coaches with Super Bowl rings who belong above that. Not every outlet's going to do that. Some of them are willing to run in the marketplace with a goofy idea to get attention. And that's what we're saying here. Look, the bottom line is let's call it what it is. Okay. It's a stupid, bad list. Yeah. Okay. For made for attention on June 7th because that's what it is. And, we, and, we, and we're paying attention to it. I did it. I just did what I – oh, my God. They caught me. Yeah, right. We just gave five minutes worth of publicity. So, again, the the, the wins keep coming. (laughs) All right. Well, here's – the losses keep coming for the Cleveland Browns. Um, So, we don't have to go through the whole thing and recap for everybody because anyone listening to this podcast is very well aware of what's happened this offseason. I wrote my column on it on Monday. Hopefully, people read that. Um, So, if you haven't been paying attention the last week, Deshaun Watson is now up to 24 civil suits against him, uh, even two dozen. And the last one, it's pretty well out there if you'd like to find it as to the allegations against him, uh, the details involved. It's uh, not pretty. The Browns, for their part, if they dug their heads any further into the sand, would actually be on the other side of the globe at this point. Um, they won't make Deshaun Watson available during OTAs, which is, for anyone unaware, incredibly rare. Like, yeah. your head coach and your quarterback are pretty much always made available. Right. 
Now, that doesn't mean that Deshaun Watson has to sit there and talk about his legal situation. He wouldn't do that anyway. He would decline to talk about it. Fine. But then be made available to comment, decline to talk about it, and then talk about football things. The Browns won't even let him do that. Jimmy and D. Haslam are nowhere to be found. Um, nor were they, by the way, when he was brought on. They did their own separate Zoom call. They weren't at the press conference. Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry were forced to walk that plank. Um, I guess, Tanya, my question here is, where, where does this go now? I mean, everybody keeps talking about they're expecting a suspension, could be soon. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. My two cents, I think if you're Goodell, you either put him on the commissioner's exempt list or you suspend him indefinitely. Right. And then circle back. Because if the NFL comes out and gives him six games, and then in August a video surfaces, like – you then have to double back. If you suspend him indefinitely, you don't have to double back. You can just end the suspension whenever the time becomes appropriate. Right. Well, I think we all know whatever happens is going to happen on July 1st at 4.59 p.m. That's right before we all leave for 4th of July weekend. And many of us in our media go and baseball star game comes. And that's what the NFL will do, whether it's nothing, which, gosh, I can't imagine doing nothing or something right. like what you suggest there. For me with this, you know, I used to like crave justice. Or expect justice or demand justice. Well, I've given up on justice in a lot of these things. I hate to say it, but I'm jaded now. I don't think we're going to see anything cl close to justice. So then I used to think about consequences. Well, there should still be meaningful consequences for somebody with this many allegations, that, this much evidence that something very, very troubling is happening with his own lawyer doing this sort of backpedal thing, this sort of creepy things like, well, stuff might have happened, but you know, that's not illegal. That That's the, the hill that they're retreating to at this point. I'm giving up on consequences right now. I just want common sense. This is terrible for the NFL. This is terrible for, for, for the sport, for the team, for the Cleveland Browns organization. I mean, it's terrible for society and women as well, but for the people who are just making dollars and cents decisions, this is awful right now. When will common sense prevail? And the NFL say this is, this is a potential catastrophe, a, a catastrophe in the making, and we have to not get in front of it, but get behind it in such a way that we're at least not setting ourselves up for what you say. The video drops just as they've been, just as training camp begins, just as everybody's trying to rev up. And now we have to backpedal and do something about it at that point. I really think there's a there's a fair chance that the Browns paid to Sean Watson $230 million to play like 20 games. I, I just, I look, this, this has continued to spiral in a way that these allegations, these civil suits came yeah. to light over a year ago at this point. Yes. Like it's not like this happened a week ago, right. you know, and Hey, they'll get settled. And this has been going on and on and on. And now it's been reported that the original 22 civil suits, he offered each of these women a hundred thousand dollars with an NDA attached to it. Right. And reportedly, according to Mike Florio of pro football talk, 18 of these women were willing to settle that four were not. And Deshaun Watson said, well, then I'm not settling any of them, which seems like a terrible idea. Um, but this, but now, like, you just end up in this like Dante's Inferno situation where like he can't, he can't settle these cases now. Now, now it's almost gotten to a point where it feels like if, if and I, I'm not a legal expert, but it almost feels prudent at this point to just take it all the way here and just say, look, we're going to go through court, we're going to see how things play out. If, if you're Tony Busby and, and the 24 plaintiffs, so, and a lot of people feel like this isn't going to be adjudicated until the end of the season. Right. If you're the NFL. Like you, you want him front and center in a game. I, I, I just can't imagine the league being like, yeah, Deshaun, listen, get out there. 
and we'll yeah. put you in the four twenty five slot. Like I, I right. just, that doesn't make sense. To and we'll, and we'll, we'll force Troy Aikman or Al Michaels or somebody to fur for all through your situation. Uh, and, and, and so the so the the broadcast networks take this hit as well as their announcers desperately try to talk around this while a football game is going on. And right. you're talking about a guy who's again, whose lawyer thinks going out publicly and saying, just you know, happy endings are not illegal. Yeah, like he thinks that's a good defense at this point. So he's is not a, a this is not a legal genius who's giving Deshaun Watson tremendous advice on how to produce things this is this is the guy you get when you have so many cases against you but you have a lot of money that you wind up with this giuliani level intellect as your as your lawyer so uh, you know of course he looked at as oh i can't settle all 24 then we're going to go for for none of them it was a terrible mistake legally but it helps us now know what's really happening because that because of that these other cases are coming out and this is not a situation it should be like you said it shouldn't be getting worse at this point there should be a. It's, it's been a year. There should be a lid on this. There is not a lid. This is blowing out of the lid as we speak, with with all the things going on, both from the accusers and from the lawyer. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Let's let's just be realistic about this. So the Browns have two have two primetime games this year. One of which they have to have. It's a Thursday night game. Okay. Yeah. The other one's a Monday night or on Halloween against the Bengals. The NFL is like it has nothing to do with the Deshaun Watson situation. Bullshit. Of course it has something to do with the Deshaun yeah. Watson situation. They don't want to put him on television. Right. I I still believe so many people say, well, he's gonna get six games. He's gonna get six games. He's got 24 civil suits against him for sexual right. misconduct and assault. You're, you're going to give him I, six games for that? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised because that's how the NFL operates or how it operated in the past. I know they've changed the way they're doing things now. It's not Goodell just spinning a wheel the way it's been in the past. But, I, I mean, I don't think that's justice, but I don't think – I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they do. And they do it on July 1st. So we're like, oh, my God, they go away. And they're like, well, that buys us time and it buys us credibility when he comes oh. back. 
Oh, that's definitely the weekend it's happening. I was on SiriusXM radio last night, and they asked me about that. I said, the 100%. The second everybody starts looking forward to fireworks, the NFL is going to be, oh, by the way, it's suspended. Yeah. And then just go away for the weekend. I, I'm with you right. there. Right. You also wrote something in Football Outsiders I read, I think it was about a week ago, um, about these teams that fool themselves into contention. Right. And you wrote, you led with the Browns. And, I, you know, it was well written. It was funny as usual. I, I, um, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, I've been saying the same thing. I feel like the Browns have convinced themselves with $230 million guaranteed for, for Deshaun Watson, hey, if we get him, we can win the Super Bowl, which also fed into the whole, hey, we'll pay David and Joku like he's Travis Kelly. Right? <laughs> right. Like that, the same narrative, they've spent, as you mentioned in your story, and, we, and I've talked about here as well, like they've spent an ungodly amount of money. And I look at them, and I know you feel similarly, they're maybe good for like a playoff win if every yeah. star in the world aligns and then they'll go to Buffalo or to Kansas City and get right. hammered in a playoff game. Right. And that'll be the end of it. And I don't know at this point where the Browns go. Like, I feel like they boxed themselves into a corner, not only with Watson, but with this roster. Like, I don't know how you get, unless they just, they draft incredibly. I don't know where you go other than just, yeah, they're going to go 10 and seven at best and lose to Cincinnati uh, it, it feels it feels like a franchise that isn't really interested in winning all of it. It's just interested in being relevant, which for them yeah. would be a, a huge step up, but still nowhere near enough. Right. It's kind of like where the Broncos are. I think we're going to talk about the Broncos a little bit. Hey, we're relevant again. That kind of matters after five or six years, like wandering in the in, in, in the mountains somewhere. But you know, draft incredibly with what they've traded. They gave away a lot of draft picks to do what they're doing here. And, you know, I, a super cynical yeah. move would have been you bring in Watson with all of this. And if you look at how they structured a salary cap, he's not making a lot this year. And the cynical right. move would be we can absorb a one-year suspension with this guy and we can compete in 2023. We'll be in better shape than we were Baker. A one-year suspension gives us, you know, well, you know, the debt was paid. Move on. I don't know if anyone would buy that, but it gives them like, like safe harbor in that respect. That's not what they're doing. They're leveraging themselves in such a way so that in future years, everything's going to be too expensive. So they're really building and banking for this year. And you're right. You need pretty much Watson for all 17 games. You need Amari Cooper to have one of his best seasons. You need, you know, Geneva Clowney to live up to this one year deal. And, 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 and you need all those things to go 11 and what, 11 and six. That's what you need to do if you're the Browns. And that's not a good way of running your organization. Do you think ultimately the Browns will regret paying Deshaun Watson $230 million. Or do you think it'll be one of these things where in three years nobody's talking about this and he's throwing for 35 touchdowns? I mean, how do you think ultimately the Browns will look back on this contract? Very badly. I, I mean, I think that in the future he will have some seasons that are franchise quarterback type seasons. But they will come in – first of all, they will come after all of this tumult. It'll come too late for the current uh, organization – It'll come too late for the current general manager and, and the head coach. So there'll be another regime change, which they have every year and a half. And usually these regime changes start with Jimmy Haslam issuing a decree and everybody having to scramble to do what he says. And then they didn't do exactly what he said the way they said it. So they, they all get thrown out the, the with the bathwater. And so, you know, in a couple of years, oh, yeah, Deshaun Watson's throwing for 35 touchdowns. This is a 9-8 and eight team, you know, for $50 million. I mean, that's a regret. That's a regret, in my opinion. Even though for the Browns, it's like, well, you know, we're still relevant. It didn't pay off, and it it caused all of this, and it's causing anguish among fans, among people in society. I think that's that's uh, you know Jimmy Haslam doesn't care, the Haslam's don't care. That's part of this as well. Pay, it's a toll being paid 
on the credibility of your organization on top of everything else. Yeah, I um, I tend to agree. I, and I also just think, look, he's a on the field, he's a great talent. Yeah. And you'd, you'd be a liar if you said otherwise. I also think, you know, the team he used to be on was a team that had a lot of guys on it. Yes. They never won shit. Right. Like, you know, I mean, not for nothing. Like, they, you know, it, and, and it wasn't like – like people look back, and, and I've said this before on Twitter, and people always come on Twitter and they're like, "Hey, they, they, Bill O'Brien." Okay, yeah, sure, yeah, they yeah, did. Right. Bill O'Brien uh, was a was a staple of Come On Coach before he uh, yeah. he, he left them. <laughs> um, but that team was loaded with talent for yeah. years. Yeah. Like it wasn't like Deshaun Watson was there for one year. I mean, that team had a lot of talent, and they never they won one playoff game. Like right. I. As much as I, I think Watson, the player, is fantastic, would I take him to win a Super Bowl in the next five years? No, probably wouldn't. Not in that conference. No. I mean, I don't even know if I think he's a top five quarterback in that conference. He's not Mahomes. He's not Allen. I don't think he's Herbert at this point with Herbert has shown me. So, I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously he's a very, very good quarterback, but you're right. They had a Hall of Fame defender in J.J. Watt. They had a potential Hall of Fame receiver in New Hopkins. They had Clowney at his prime. They had other guys who could They merciless. They had merciless. They, just, they had Justin Reed. They had Tyron Matthew. Like, they right. couldn't win anything. They couldn't right. do anything with that team. Right. So you take the O'Brien discount and say, well, that was part of it there. But sure. Are, is this – are the Browns – okay, Stefanski seems like he's a good egg. With Haslam calling the shots, this is better? Right. You know, this is a better environment? And I don't know that Andrew Barry's a good GM. Hmm? I have no idea if he's a good GM. I have no idea. Right? Which, by the way, one of these days – have to somehow make sure we get a nice Browns audience and then just bring in the Sashi Brown conversation, which you and I have had privately many times. Um, all right, let's move on from the Browns. Let's go into the future. So four, ty- four topics. We're going to hit them all, and then we got uh, Ben Heisler, Bet Side, and stopping by. So number one here, let's stay, let's stay in the AFC. Let's go to the AFC West. Will the Broncos regret giving Russell Wilson five years and $250 million? Now, the reason I asked that is Mike Kliss – Threw that out there, kind of spitballing that, hey, this might be what he ends up asking for. That got twisted into that, hey, Mike Kliss is reporting this, and then he backtracked right. and the whole thing. Whatever. Who cares? Okay. The bottom line is that was the that was, that was the uh, term, and those are the numbers there. For, for clarity, Russell Wilson is 34 years old. He has two years left on his current contract. So if that was tacked on as an extension, he would be getting that money into his 40s. Right. Do you think that five and two fifty in the current climate would be okay, or do you think it would be a mistake for Russell Wilson? I got it's a little bit of a one year at a time thing. I need to see Russell Wilson in Denver, and I need to see proof of concept for it, and then we can move on. Reality is five and two fifty is coming. It's coming for quarterbacks. It should probably be something that's for a high level prime quarterback, and I would feel more comfortable extending somebody from Russell Wilson's level to forty then I wouldn't necessarily handing that to the 25-year-old coming off of, you know, his breakout year, okay? Because I do have a, a – re- like, if this was Seattle talking about this, it's like, well, we know what Russell Wilson is, what we're going to do around it, then then I would say, oh, it's, it's, it's what you do. Go for it, okay? For the Broncos, it's a little bit more like, well, let's see what he's doing here, et cetera. And the other thing we have to keep in mind is we're still in the year of salary cap obs- uh, austerity right now because of the COVID, the two-year thing. Right. Those dollars, if you're extending dollars out into 2028, 2029, that's a big difference from 
what the Browns did with their five and two fifty, which is they're extending it out for like this year, next year, next year, where those are, we know those are big hits in this year. I don't know if those are going to be big hits in 2027, 2028. It's a good point. I, you know, I don't know that I would want to give him that contract. I don't know that I want to give most players that contract, uh, but what leverage do they have? That's true. They just gave up every pick from now (laughs) to kingdom come. Right. Like what, I mean, what are they going to do? Tell tell Russell Wilson's representation. No, we, we're good. We're good. We're not going to do that. Um, he kind of gets whatever he wants at this point within region. I am fascinated by them more than any other team in the league this year. Okay. I don't know what – Tanya, I have no idea what they're going to be. I, <laughs> I, I I hate admitting that as someone who does this for a living. Mm-hmm. I have looked at them a million ways and said to myself, I can see them going 12-5 and five and being really good. Yeah. I can see them winning eight games. Yeah. I have no clue. I think their defense is a lot worse than people think it is. Yes. That is the one like weird caveat with them. Like I've seen so many national people jump on television and be like, well, they got a top five defense. It's like based on what? Well, it's actually based on, I believe yards and points. Like they finished in the top five last year in, in one of the categories. Sure. I forget. Yeah. But your football outsiders, we, we do DVOA, we do breakdowns and they finish, I believe 20th. And we're projecting them for 20th or lower. And part of it is they lose guys like Shelby Harris, who are very good ball players. Right. We're significant. There's a lot of, you know, Randy Gregory and Brad, Bradley Chubb, who, you know, we've heard of them, and we've never seen them string, like, you know, 10 good games together combined in, the, in their careers. You know, Chubb had a great rookie year, et cetera. So one of the reasons they, they, they look like they had this great defense is because their offense was the slowest moving offense in the world. And if you watched Broncos games, it was – Teddy Bridgewater handing off, handing off again, handing off some more, going down the one-two on the snap count, et cetera, et cetera. That, and they would move the ball okay. There, there's no okay offense. They'd, they'd punt, and then the other team get the ball on the 10-yard line. So the defense was always great time of possession, great field position, and we remembered the big names from the old times, so we thought it was a great defense. You are right, though. It is not a strong defense, and that's going to impact them because I think the offense is going to be pretty good. I, yeah, I, I do too. And it, you know, I lead them defensively. Sertan's a really good young player. Simmons is yes. a very good safety. Yes. Chubb is good when he's healthy. Which is never. Which is never. Randy Gregory has 16 and a half career sacks. Yes. And he's getting $70 million. Right. I, like, look, I, I applauded them with the Russell Wilson move. I was just blown away by the amount of money that they paid Randy Gregory. Yes. Randy Gregory has literally never been an impact player in his career, ever. And he's 30. He's 30. It's it's insane. My dad is saying that I've lived by my whole life. Potential is a fancy word for saying you've never done anything. (laughs) And, I mean, it's true. What has he ever done? $70 million for 16 half sacks? I look at them defensively. I couldn't even name a linebacker. I mean, other than Sertan, the corners aren't good. No. Like, there's no – and Fangio was a horrible head coach. He's a great defensive coordinator. Right. Like, losing that guy is like kind of like he's kind of like Wade Phillips, where mm-hmm. Wade Phillips as a head coach doesn't work, but Wade Phillips as a defensive coordinator, every team that ever had him, their defense right. is top five in the league, like immediately. Right. Um, I don't know. They're a weird team. I don't know what to make of them. <laughs> I think they're going to end up being a team that fights for a wild card spot. Um, right. All right. What- one more, one more thought on this. I think Russell yeah. Wilson is more likely, likely to ask for three and like 170, three years and 170 or something like that. Than okay. five, Russell Wilson has never wanted to be locked in for a long period of time. He wants to sure. go up with the market. Now, it might change as he gets close to 40, and he's like, I better lock it in. But I don't yeah. know if five and one and 250 is like legitimately what he would ask for. Quickly, but do you think he's still a top 10 quarterback? 
I think so. We we looked at everything after the, the injury to his hand healed, after it healed, not the first game or two back, right. where Geno Smith's out there, get out there, Russell, do something. Um, and he looked like the old Russell Wilson. I think he's still a top 10 quarterback. I agree. I think he is too. Although I, I got to tell you, that, that whole hand injury, right? You know, he rehabbed it 27 hours a day. Um, <laughs> needed, needed more hours, apparently. Yeah. All right. Stay in the AFC one more time. Then we're going to go to the NFC for a few. Actually, staying in the same division. So I was thinking about this earlier. Who has more yards this season? Any Kansas City wide receiver. So we're not talking about Kelsey. Uh, okay. Any Kansas City receiver or Tyree Kill. And I, I, I think it's interesting. Look, Tyreek Hill's better than any Kansas City receiver. But he's now with Tua. Yeah. These other guys are coming in there with the homes. Mm. And an offense that is going to be much more pass-heavy than Miami's offense, you would think, based on Mike McDaniel's past history. Right. Which way do you lean? Tyreek with Tua or anybody with Mahomes? It's going to be Tyreek. They're going to force-feed him the ball. He's going to be catching – 10 swing passes a game. He's going to be doing some of the Debo Samuel stuff in the old Mike McDaniel offense. And it's just going to be, he's going to have, he might have games where it's 10 catches and winds up being 85 yards because two is, you know, floating it, you know, from me, from me to that lamp over there, but he's going to get that. And I think the chiefs guys, it's going to be a very much a share of the wealth, especially when you, if you take Kelsey out of the equation. Sure. Yeah. I, I will, I will, at the risk of sounding like a homer, I will go the other way on this for one reason. Okay. I think somebody on the Chiefs, and I and my somebody would be Juju Smith-Schuster. That's okay. who I would I would pick. I just think we'll have like twelve hundred yards receiving, and it won't make sense. And then he'll go sign somewhere else and have seven hundred <laughs> yards. Right? I, I just, it's kind of my old like Colts Peyton Manning syndrome theory. Mm-hmm. Like Manning would get Austin Collie. Yeah, and immediately 1,100 yards, and yeah. you're like, this guy's not even good. How is this happening? Right. Juju Smith-Schuster actually was really good, Yeah. and then Ben Roethlisberger got hurt, and then Ben Roethlisberger came back and played like he was hurt the rest of his career. Yes. Um, I think with Mahomes, if Smith-Schuster's healthy, he's going to have a really good year. Like, Valdez Gantling, I can't get – like, he'll have, like, two plays a game that will matter. Right. They will just throw a ball 50 yards down the field and he'll right. get himself open. You know, I, I don't think though he's going to be a guy who consistently puts him hundred yards in a game where Smith Schuster, I think actually can in that offense. Yeah. Um, the argument, look, Hill's definitely better than any of these receivers, but I, right. Right, right, right. I just, I worry. The other thing with two is like, is he going to be healthy? Is he going to stay on the well, field? Like I, well, well Teddy I mean, Bridgewater would definitely force feet. Tyree. Teddy Bridgewater knows where his butter is bread. Bread is buttered. Like, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Here I you mean, go. It's going to be like, I, I just wonder, and maybe, maybe it's not the case. Well, I guess Hill turned into Jarvis Landry on this team where it's just, no. it, you know, but you know, like a hundred catches for 900 yards. Cause it's just, everything's a bubble screen and everything's a quick <laughs> slant. Now, listen, you're talking to somebody who watched every snap of Tyreek Hill's career. Right. I have, nobody has more respect for his ability to take a five yard pass and go 80 mm-hmm. yards with it. Right. I mean, that is, I guess my concern is in, in in Kansas City, as you certainly know, Tanya. Like safety's played basically in another zip code with them because yep. it was like, well, anything in front of us is great. We'll give up yards all day. You're not going to play like that against Miami, right? You know, because you're not That's even with Waddle and Hill. You're not you're not like fearing the deep ball with two. He's got to prove to you he can do it, right? I'm not I'm not sure because I think that there's going to be enough 
I don't think you need to fear the quarterback so much as the receivers on these deep balls. Because again, if you let, if he gets past you and it floats out there, they're, they're going to give up some deep passes. I think you're going to see more deep safeties than you saw last year when that offense was just ridiculous in Miami. And I think Tua was part of that, but the dueling banjo coordinators were part of it too. Yeah. You know, going back to Juju though, you're right. I mean, he had a 97 catch season uh, where it was 97 catches for 98 yards or something like that because Roethlisberger has just given up. On that shallow stuff, he is very effective. He's going to be much more effective on that shallow stuff when it's coming from Mahomes, when there is a legitimate fear of MVS, of, of Kelsey, et cetera. Um, but I don't know what the distribution is going to be. I think Meekhole is going to have a bigger role. I think Meekhole is going to catch a lot of goofy short passes. He and will. I think Scott, that's what they'll do. Yeah. Huh? That, that's what they'll do with him. They yeah. will, they will get the ball in Hardman's hands and then let him. Right, right. It'll be screen, 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 and then a bomb once in a while for them. And I think Sky Moore will play a role enough to, again, if we're not talking about the overall quality offense, but leech it down to the point where Tyreek Hill getting fed, fed, fed is going to get more than any of them. I would lean towards Tyreek. That's fair. That's do you, uh, quick, quick on this. We'll go to the NFC. Do you, from from your perspective, does the Tyreek Hill trade? How much does that impact Kansas City? Looking at what we did at Football Outsiders, you they've gone from this team that was going to be up there with the Buffalo Bills in projections to a team that's in the soup with the Chargers and with you know the Bengals and with I don't have the, the teams in front of me, but like they're in the soup to like not win the division anymore. And you know what happens is it takes a historic offense and turns into a very, very good offense. Now, on the flip side of that, they get defensive players in response, both that they were able to draft and you know they had the, the cap space to bring in Jordan Reed. The defense goes from almost historically bad to kind of just below average. And, and that's right. what we're looking at. So it, it turns the Chiefs into an, a regular team. I, I guess that's the, the bottom line. They're a regular team now like everybody else. The last couple of years, they were something different. They were kind of like the 2007 Patriots in this weird category up there. Now they're back in the pack a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. you know what? For me, it's going to come down to these rookie defenders. I, I mean, I think in a lot of ways – I feel like Mahomes will will figure them out. Like offensively, I still think they're yeah. going to score a lot of points. Yeah, yeah. Defensively, it's like you're going to actually have to play defense now. Right. That is right. the interesting part of this. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, uh, AFC West will leave it behind. NFC West, <clears throat> excuse me, we will go to the Cardinals. So Kyler Murray skipped the initial OTAs. Now he's there. He's been pining for an extension in ways that are very millennial-esque. Uh, Instagram, and then his agent put out an all-caps bulletin, which I, I don't understand. Um, You're a millennial. Is, this is Zoomer-esque. It, yeah, this it's, is it's concerning. 
Um, does if you're the Cardinals, would you extend him now or would you wait? Wait. And this is, I'm the Cardinals now, so I'm not talking about the greater good of NFL players, society, etc. Right. I am the Cardinals. I am writing checks right now. I am cool. waiting because I have the leverage of a fifth-year option. I have the leverage of a salary cap. And I need to see this young man stay healthy in this offense and him and Cliff Kingsbury combined do something in December besides fall apart completely. So that's the problem we have right now, especially when we start talking about numbers like five years and $250 million guaranteed, this whole Deshaun Watson thing. Right. If he goes for an extension and says, I want all guaranteed money, if I'm kind, I'm like, well, here's your guaranteed money right here. Your fifth-year option's guaranteed, and the salary cap, excuse me, your franchise tag is guaranteed the following year, and we'll guarantee you the years, year, as, a year as you go. So he hasn't done enough, and he's not enough of a – Type of player, and I talk, and I'm talking about a small guy who scrambles. You're worried about a small guy who scrambles. I think that that's a reasonable thing to say. He hasn't demonstrated that he's worth that level of risk, and so the Cardinals should not take that risk. So I'll be very succinct with this. There's no way in hell they should suspend him right now. <laughs> uh, extend him, excuse me. Like, <clears throat> why? Why would you? <clears throat> if you're the Cardinals, why? Right. Right. I mean, he hasn't that's won a playoff game. He hasn't won a division. Yeah. He's hurt every year the second half of the season. Right. I mean, <clears throat> talent, sure, he's got talent. Right. But if I'm them, go play a fourth year. Yeah. The Browns, everybody thought they should have extended Baker Mayfield last offseason, and then right. what happened? Right. I, right. It doesn't hurt to have more view of, of, the, of the player. Right. I, I mean, I, I look, if he's great, fine. Like, <laughs> I, I always see these people say, well, then he's going to be more expensive. He's going to be expensive now. Right. What are you going to save? A couple million a year? Who cares? I'd rather see him for another year. You see, you save the money this year on him. Like if you hand him $30 million more this year, $30 million more this year, if you wait another year, you save this year's money guaranteed because you didn't right. spend it. So uh, Some people, like, their, their, their handle of finances blows my mind sometimes when we talk about these things. Um, but, yeah, but, yeah, that's exactly it. You know, it was, it was wisdom – to extend Carson Wentz for the Eagles. It was wisdom to extend Jared Goff for the Rams a couple of years ago because not they're great. getting into the market. It's all changed now. It's not just because they both of those guys turned out to suck. It is all changed because of the structure of the contracts now where you simply don't have to. Also, with him, real quick, like, are we sure that he can play in a regular system? Because Cliff Kingsbury's system is a flying circus. Right. Um now he's extended for reasons I'll never understand. Mm-hmm. So maybe they don't care. Mm-hmm. But look, I, and I, I like Kyle Murray. I think he's a borderline right. top ten quarterback. But I, right. I would not extend him right now. I wouldn't. I, I to me, if you're getting extended after three years, you are the rare air. You are Mahomes. You are right. Allen. You are Herbert. You are Burrow. I'm not extending somebody who has yet to win anything of any note and has major, legitimate injury issues. Um, all right, real quick, and then we're bringing Ben Eisler on. This one's just a fun one. I was looking at the NFC South, and and I thought to myself, Tom Brady, he must have done something well in a previous life because <laughs> nobody has ever had an easier road in the division that they play in ever. Than Tom. I mean, he's been in the league now for, what, 22 years and has never played in one division where anybody's been any good? Um, <laughs> so here's my question to you. Who wins more games this year in the NFC South, the Buccaneers or the rest of the division combined? The problem you have here is that the New Orleans Saints are a – I'm going to call them a wild-card team. And if nothing else, the New Orleans Saints are going to come in with four wins 
against the Panthers and and, and, and against the uh, Falcons. So there's four wins right there. And they, you know, they play teams like the commanders along the way. So right. that's your problem right there. If you look at the Saints roster, now I have big opinions about the way the Saints are managing things with their salary cap and things like that. I think this team is building <laughs> a nine and eight team this year. That's going to go three and 74 for the rest of the decade because of what they're doing. But this year, enough veterans, enough veterans on the offensive line. You look at guys like you know Jarvis Landry coming in, Honey Badger coming in. They're a wild card team. Them plus the other dip weeds are going to get past you know fourteen wins. I'm taking the Bucks. Okay. I swear to you, I'm taking the Bucks. The Saints, by the way, are like that that family that's maxed out like five credit cards, right. and yeah. you just keep, like they're your neighbors, and you just keep looking at them, and you're like, how many boats do they need? Right. Like, right. I, there's three boats, right? Like they understand, right, that they can't make the mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. Um. Right. You know, and you just know at some point like that bill's coming due and you're about to have a new neighbor because the house yep. has been foreclosed on. That's the Saints. <laughs> uh, who, by the way, the Buccaneers, not far behind, but at least uh, really good in the meantime. You're spending it on Tom Brady, not right. Jameis you Winston. Can, exactly. And like, yeah, exactly. Cameron Hay- Hayward in the year 2027. Like, not, uh, excuse me, Cameron Jordan in the year 2027, not like yeah. this year. But like when he's 46, you're still paying. Right. It's it's a train wreck. Like, I've never... I, and I love the the cap is fake crowd. Tell me that in five years when right. New Orleans is starting a beer vendor at receiver <laughs> because they literally can't put anybody else out there. Um, the Falcons are awful. I, the Falcons might win three games at most this year. The Panthers might win four, and I've got the Saints for about seven. I think the Bucks can match that. And I mean, I it's the only thing that scares me with the Bucks is their average age is like seventy two. Right. That is the one, like, it, you look at them and you're just like, oh, boy. Like, it, that could be a lot of issues uh, in a hurry. Um, but with that being said, let's go to Ben Heisler of Betsided. Uh, ben joins us every week. Of course, you all know this. He was waiting patiently while uh, while Tanya and I were, were waxing about the NFC South. So, thank you. In fact, yeah, you're a, you're a gambling man. Uh, Bucks or the rest of the NFC South combined? Who wins more games this season? As tempted as I am to go ahead and tail those that Bucks pick, something inevitably has to go wrong along the way for them to completely outdo all three teams, right? Like they'll find one. You've seen that rule? <laughs> I've seen them. I don't necessarily like what I see, but they'll luck into you know three, four, five wins along the way. You said the Falcons might get three, and then. The, the Saints will probably somehow still end up stealing a game from the from the uh, the Buccaneers. That's what we've seen over the last couple of years with whatever Dennis Allen voodoo magic he has cooking up down by the bayou. So I think at some point they'll surpass Tampa Bay, but it'll be a lot closer than, you know, I would say most people would expect. I, I'm telling you guys right now, the Saints are the linchpin <laughs> to this whole thing. Like if they, if they go like six and 11, like if Jameis throws another 30 picks, the Bucks are cashing that ticket, my friends. The, the, the Panthers are, are horrendous. The Panthers, you, I here's my prediction for the Panthers. You're going to hear in preseason how good the offense looks because they're going to have McCaffrey back, and and Darnold's not going to be facing any pressure, and it's going to be DJ Moore, and it's going to be all, you're going to hear all this crap, and then the season's going to start, and it's going to be all right. They still can't block anybody, and I love Iki Aquano. Like That's he's going to be great, but like they. They have no offensive line, and Darnold is horrendous. And it's going to be, oh, right, no, they're terrible again. The Falcons, 
I defy anyone to name eight players on that team. They have the worst roster of anybody I've ever seen. I mean, I I think the Texans are better than the Falcons. I think you're right, too. I'll be the one guy outside of Kyle Pitts, who you're like, he's proven to be good on offense, and then Terrell's the only guy on defense. The Falcons are your answer to the cap is fake. This is a team that has crashed (laughs) against the cap. I can't even – get players that people can name onto the roster because they're paying Matt Ryan and all these other guys from the past. It's incredible. It is that team. Like the fact that Brady gets to play the, the Panthers and the Falcons for a quarter of the schedule, there should be an investigation. <laughs> I mean, and he's like, by the way, actually, yeah, and, and we'll, we'll move oh, on. Really, we'll really have... quickly, really quickly. Yeah, Matt, what, yeah, would say, but... what would you say? What would you say? Winbet has their, their total at for your Atlanta Falcons. Oh my God. All right, well, the total's at like 7.5, isn't it? On the, on the line, isn't it? I was just oh, for the Falcons, no, 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 Mike. They they are they are at the bottom of the barrel with the aforementioned Houston Texans. Five and a half? Lower. Ooh. Four and a half. Four and a half. That is the number right now. I, just, I hit the under all day long. <laughs> oh, got to be careful there. No, my God. Two, I take the two, two against the Panthers. Two against the Panthers. I understand. Yeah. I'm factoring that in. <laughs> I, look, I'm not a gambler, but I had a buddy last year ask me your best bet on the under over or the you know, the over unders. Who would you take? Best bet? I said I take Jacksonville seven and a half last year. As so, let me tell you something right now, you take your mortgage and put it on the under because Urban Meyer is not winning eight games in the NFL, <laughs> and they lost. If you remember, they got pummeled in Week One against Houston. Yeah, and my buddy texted me and was like, "Thank you, good night." <laughs> you knew right there you're like that thing's cashing by thanksgiving um the falcons I, four and a half i mean that is very low yeah in mariota and nobody like that team dude that team i would hit the under aggressively <laughs> what hi so do you know off the top of your head maybe you have in front of you after pulling that what is the panthers over under they don't have it listed right now at Winbet. Maybe, maybe because they already have enough liability on the under. But um, I can check the odds for you, odds for you very quickly. My guess is it would probably be right around the same area. Very rarely, you, you, you where do you see him at, Mike? Six. I'm at six at a different book. I don't want to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Would, Sounds six. about right for where they right. posted. But yeah, you you can go under on that one too. I probably would. Um, yeah, but the, the Falcons won aggressively. And by the way, the, the Jets. If, if if any of these books are buying into the Jets, yeah. I also would like to hit that under aggressively. Like if, if if the number starts with a seven or higher for the Jets anywhere, give me the under. I'm looking. Like, have you seen what the Jets' schedule is to start oh, the yeah, year? It's, it's it's unbelievable. You know what's interesting yeah. though is they are they're at five and a half at WinBet. Yep. Okay, minus yeah. 160 to hit the over. If you want to get them on the under, Matt, you can get them at plus 145 odds. Oh, God. Okay. But how, how low are you willing to go? Is five and a half a reasonable number for you? Five and a half is a reason. I probably would stay away. But look, the, okay. the point I'm making, I saw somebody the other day like laying out their schedule, and they're like, well, they could win seven in a row the back half of the schedule. Like, okay, have you ever heard? the team just giving up after a while here's their schedule you tell me how the jets are getting to even seven wins baltimore cleveland we don't know what's going to be with cleveland cincinnati at pittsburgh miami 
at Green Bay, at Denver, home to New England, home to Buffalo, at New England. Then you get the Bears, at Minnesota, at Buffalo. You have four games left. That team's winning a bunch of games. That's trouble. trouble. They have no shot. Like, that team's going to get killed. And I'm going to listen to one more person. Well, they got Garrett Wilson. Unless Garrett Wilson is Jerry Rice. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Even if he is, Zach Wilson's involved. Like, I – the idea that the Jets are going to make some big push based on what? The team's schedule's ridiculous. They're lucky if they're not 2 and 11. <laughs> By the way, I don't even know how to top that. If the Falcons under, I believe, was at minus 140. So. So not only is the under really low, but they're kind of dissuading you from taking it, which which maybe the line speaking to us to so just not not go after these bottom right. feeders, not not go there. Yeah. yeah. Some sometimes the odds have a way of speaking for themselves. You might yeah. look at a number and say like, oh, that's a little bit intriguing. Wait, it's yeah. minus one seventy. Right. Okay. Right. All right. Fine. <laughs> odds makers, Vegas. I appreciate the message, the underlying message that you're trying to convey my way, and that's that's what you're seeing right now for Atlanta. Right. Yeah. So. Do you have uh, anything you wanted to bring in specifically, High? So I know it's the middle of the uh, the offseason. It, it is hard to find, like, incredibly juicy odds on anything right now because, I mean, let's face it, it's June 7th. <laughs> um, we, I mean, if not, we can continue for a few more minutes just bashing some of these teams that we would take the under <laughs> on. That's fine. Um, you, you know what I'm curious about is, is uh, as a fan of, of of Mike's, that I haven't had the opportunity to to talk to you and, and connect with you uh, personally. So I'm glad to have that opportunity. Um, you know, the MVP market is always fluid. It's all it's changing, even though there's been no games to speak of. But right. you, you have a couple guys in mind, and I'm curious as to sort of how you rank some of the guys at the top um, compared to how Vegas is going with it. And, and whether or not we might be on the same page for a few guys that maybe aren't the, the, the top tier crew, but maybe with their, with some of the books that have a little bit more variance. Is, is there a name or two that you've already circled as this is the guy that I'm going to have as my guy heading into the season? Yes. Tua Tunga Viola at plus 4,000. Okay. No, no. I'm just I, 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 I just wanted to make sure. I started this show talking about how like bad takes travel really fast. So I figured I'd throw a bad take in there. Yeah. I'm looking at, at this right now and I'm trying hard to find value in the MVP market. And it's just sort of lining up with my, you know, my interpretation. So I'm going to throw Aaron Rodgers at plus 1000 out with that receiving core. He's not doing a three peat. He says, it's not what's going to happen. I see Josh Allen at the top at plus 700. He would be the first name off the top of my list here. And I don't know necessarily if that's all that juicy to do on June 7th. I'm trying to look down here and trying to find something that's really exciting. Justin Herbert at plus 1,000. Everybody's got that circled, I think. I, I guess I see Lamar at plus 2,500. This is a guy who's won it before. This is a guy who's coming back. Now, comeback player of the year would be also something he would win if he had a really good season, et cetera, et cetera. That might be one that I look at and say there's interesting meat on the bone there where he can get out there, have one of his signature seasons, and wind up climbing back up, and at that odds might be worth looking at. So Lamar's a really interesting point, and right. and Werner and I have talked about a few of these names on the show before. But yeah. um, it, one one team that I, I have a bit of a fascination with is Denver this year because, yeah. um, and and Werner and I have discussed this on the show that if you somehow dethrone the Chiefs in this division this year, 
I mean, the, the narrative that's going to shoot up for any sort of MVP possibilities is going to be through the roof. So, I mean, Herbert, I don't think there's necessarily good value there, yeah. even a 10 to one. Um, I, I believe that's where he's currently lat over at, uh, at WinBet, which, uh, which works with us. But a name to go down a little bit further, assuming that Russ is able to really take the offense in a direction that he wants to take it. I know that there's conversation as to what you're going to get with Judy, with Sutton, uh, relative to what he had with with Lockett and Metcalf, but they have a very good start to the schedule, and then it gets really, really tough down the stretch of the season. But if Wilson is able to get those numbers up from the very beginning, knowing that they're going to have to throw a ton, like I, if we're, if we're actually going to reference DVOA, the Broncos defense actually had some yes. major struggles. Yeah. We, dis- we discussed this at length about 20 minutes ago. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, I apologize. They're, for, for not a, they're not the defense. A lot of people think they are. Right. So, so we're talking about a team that is going to have to throw the ball downfield in a very difficult division. And if we're talking about the first 11, 12 games of the season, if Russ is off to a really good start, uh, just purely from a value perspective, that 15 to one, isn't going to be there for very long. I think he's someone that you can jump in on early as sort of a safe, reasonable expectation of he's going to put up numbers with a head coach that has worked with the MVP of the league the last two years with not a lot of weapons to throw to. Any any idea on whether you think Wilson might be a guy that you believe in heading into this season in a much more difficult set of circumstances around him? My, my worry about that sort of narrative is we just saw Matthew Stafford change teams have a really solid season, have a sort of a breakthrough type season, win a Super Bowl and not get any serious attention for the MVP award. And you can look at the reasons why it's like, well, he threw all these interceptions in these games. He fell off the radar, but he wasn't even being discussed late in the year. You know, Aaron Rodgers went up and people were talking about, you know, Rodgers' COVID games and everything like that. Stafford wasn't offered up as the alternative. So like the idea that the narrative is going to push Wilson forward if his stats are not super, super cherry. I don't necessarily buy it at that point. Now, plus 1,400, plus 1,500, I mean, I don't hate it, but it's not. I don't think that's quite enough of a value for a guy who also has had great seasons and has never gotten a lot of attention from MVP voters. I'm not necessarily like, like, like really sanguine about buying in at that point. So I will, I will throw my two cents in with this. My biggest fear with Wilson is, as you mentioned, I, the end of the schedule for them is insane. Yeah. yeah. Like, the MVP is a momentum award as much as it is anything else. Yeah. And the end of the year, I feel like you're going to have a stretch where you're going to go, man, the last four games, he's thrown six picks to three touchdowns. Like that would be that concern. I will stay in the division. And we've talked about this a little bit. So for people who listen every week, you already might know where I'm going. If there's somebody I would take in the AFC West to be the MVP other than Mahomes, who I think is just kind of an evergreen pick every year. Right. Derek Carr, for one reason. That defense is stopping nobody. <laughs> and if, if they win games, yeah. it's going to be because he throws for 5,000 yards. They're not going to run the ball behind that line. Right. The defense sucks outside of those two edge rushes. If I got to listen to one more pundit get up there and be like, well, you know, I'll tell you what, the Raiders with Jones and Crosby, that defense, name anyone else on that defense. <laughs> that defense is horrific. Outside Divine Diablo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Trayvon Mullen and is Nick Kwiatkowski. Is he still there? I mean, they are horrific. And I got to listen to these people like, well, you know, those two guys are going to have 30 sacks this year. No, they're not. (laughs) People are going to drop back and throw the ball in half a second because people are going to be wide open. (laughs) You know, I mean, all kidding aside, in the AFC West, 
the Raiders are going to have to score in those in those head-to-head matchups. The Raiders are going to have to score 35 points a game to have any shot to win any of them. I mean, the Chargers, Chiefs, and Broncos are going to score a million points in those six games. Right. And the only way the Raiders are winning is if Carr just goes nuts and goes head-to-head with those guys. Now, maybe he can with Waller and Renfro and Adams. And that's why, for me, he's a dark horse pick. If he has a great year and they win 11 games and somehow they're a playoff team and they win the division or something, which I don't think they're going to be. I think they're going to win about seven or eight games. Yeah. But if they were to win a bunch of games, I feel like the only reason is going to be because Carr just puts up an unbelievable stat line. Right. And after what happened last year and the way he led them, he's kind of a sentimental pick. Like I, I think for value, and isn't he also like twenty-five to one, something he's like that? Thirty to one. Thirty to one is win bet. Yes. I would oh, okay. take him as a value bet based off of how I think they're going to have to play, and they're going to be in the limelight because they're the Raiders and they're going to play a million primetime games. I will say I'm seeing him at twenty-two to one. So there's volatility in that market. Yes. So folks, if you are out there and you're like, I, I, I like playing MVP picks. On June 7th, God bless you. Uh, make sure you're shopping around for the odds that you like for these picks. Yes. And then no, I, I, I think I was in that hesitation. Yeah. Let me let me throw one other dark horse of dark horse of dark horse names uh, your way. Because, again, if we're talking about the wide variety of components that go in to determining an MVP candidate, it's it's having a favorable schedule, having opportunities to, to put up big numbers, and right. then finishing strong down the stretch of the season. Vernon, we talked about how Jacksonville is a team that could really make a sizable jump this year, a, a, a legitimate. Yes, Urban Meyer's gone. Yes, Urban Meyer's gone. Doug Peterson is there. Someone that has an actual understanding of, of how NFL offenses work and humans work, or or, or human beings. Yes, the, the ability <laughs> to talk mano y mano to another person and not kick kickers. Yes, that that automatically puts them in a whole other stratosphere. We're going to see a much better version of Trevor Lawrence this year with really no competition in the division other than the Indianapolis Colts. And you're talking about plenty of weapons to throw to. Marvin Jones can still go downfield. They just spend a bunch of money on Christian Kirk. Whether you want to determine that the money spent was good money towards Kirk, it's a sunk cost at this point, but he can still play. Oh, it's not good money, but, he's, not good but money. he's better than who they had. And they just spent a bunch of money to go ahead and, and keep the offensive line intact and start to be able to, to build that up again. And there's also reports of, of Travis Etienne being used in a Debo Samuel type of role. Again, very early. Guys aren't even hitting each other yet. We, we really don't know if that's going to be how they use him. But 50 to 1, 75 to 1 at some books. We've seen second-year players take massive leaps in the last five years with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I, I, I don't think he's in a spot where... I expect it to happen, but could it relative to the competition that he's going to face this year with the worst, <laughs> with what one of the most favorable schedules in the NFL? I I was poo-pooing the idea even just a few weeks ago, but the more I've started to look at it, the, the more I'm a bit intrigued as someone that wants to just get a little bit of exposure on Lawrence if he's able to put a lot of it together with a real asset coach. Right. My concern here is that he has a breakout season and that means Doug Peterson, who's plus 2,000, 20 to 1 for coach of the year, gets the accolades. And that they might even give comeback player of the year to Trevor Lawrence for coming back from the experience of having to cope with Urban Meyer in his life. Yeah, Which, again, that Ryan Tannehill, like Adam Gase is something you come back from in this world. Urban Meyer is worse than Adam Gase, therefore. So that would be one concern I would have. That, by the way, 
Lawrence is not listed for comeback player of the year. It's looking not on the book I'm looking at, but that would be my worry. This like he would have to do something so stratospheric that it wouldn't be like, wow, what a great year. Let's give all the awards to other people and give him all the secondary awards. That's uh that's a good point. And I look, I mean, there's no question. Trevor Lawrence is trying to come back from like the football version of Nam. Okay, <laughs> I mean, let's let's call it what it is. I mean. You want to talk about somebody who seriously, like a sports psychologist for what he went through as a rookie? Right. Um, that is that is at the top of the list. By the way, and we can wrap it up here. Um, if I had to give one best bet, like kind of like I did last year with Jacksonville to my buddy, I don't even know what the Pats win total is. Doesn't matter. Makes no difference. Give me the under. I don't care. Not buying into play caller, uh, (laughs) Matt Patricia. Sir, you brought up my reason. I saw that and was like, I don't care who's coaching this team, what their reputation is. Every, you know, every good thing comes to an end. Okay. So uh, the Pats are eight and a half. Yeah. I'd hit the under so hard I'd break my screen. All right. Under, (laughs) under. Under, under, under. Why in God's name would you take the over on this other than literally, well, it's Belichick. That's it. They they even, like, defensively, they're not good anymore. J.C. Jackson's gone. Devin McCourty's 100. I love Judon, but, like, other than him, there's nobody in that front seven that you're like, oh, my God, that guy's a great player. They, they're in a division that's better. I mean, I just crapped on the Jets, and rightfully so. But – the Dolphins are better. The Dolphins seem to always beat New England anyway, for reasons I'll never understand. And the Bills will probably kick their teeth in twice. New England is not good. I, and by the way, remember, <laughs> this is how quickly things change in the NFL. Remember a year ago, not even a year ago, like if we're actually looking at the calendar, like maybe eight months ago, Mac Jones, there was all these these dopes on the, on the television who were like, hey, baby goat, baby goat. He's now like the 13th best quarterback in the conference. Okay? <laughs> so they're going to get yoked a whole bunch of times. Um, and by the way, we also saw what happened to them in the playoffs. Yeah. When they played a real team in a real yeah. game, it got beat by a hundred. It could have <laughs> been worse. So yeah, I, I, if you're out there and you're thinking like, okay, hundred bucks, I got a hundred bucks. What should I do? Under. The under on New England all day and half tonight, and Josh saying that's brave coming from a Boston guy. I'm I forget who started that on this thing, but whoever did, I'm I'm in deep pain. Um, <laughs> you know, Southie over here, sure. Um, yeah, I'm I'm so I I can't hit the under hard enough for New England. I thought when I looked at it that the line would be buoyed by all the casuals because the Patriots line would be like the Yankees line. All the casuals right. come in, right? Right. Eight point five means the casuals are not biting on this because I thought it'd be up around nine point five because of the Belichick factor. That's a sign of kind of where the public really thinks of this team, and they, they think closer to you, Matt, than I than I thought they would. I I just can't get there. Like based on what? Like because if, if you're saying that you think they're over, they're like probably a playoff team. There's no way in hell that team's a playoff team. Mac Jones throwing a Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. Good luck, guys. Have fun. Good luck getting the 10 wins in that. Even nine wins. I, I also, like, Belichick as great as he is. Like, it, it all ends someday for, for all of us. It and, usually comes when you start surrounding yourself with your old lackeys. Yeah. Rather than oh, good yeah. people with fresh ideas. Like, bring, bring, bring my lackeys back and keep my lackeys close to me. That's that's not a good sign. when Not Patricia. Like one day, I'll have to write a column. This Matt Patricia was a terrible defensive coordinator. Yes, 
got the Detroit job because because Bob Quinn, former New England hand, yep. was like, well, who the hell is available out of New England? Because I have no original thoughts. <laughs> Brought in Matt Patricia. If you remember, they beat the Patriots his rookie year on Sunday Night Football. And I swear to you that bought him three years in Detroit. Yes. They won that game by a miracle. And that was that was enough for Detroit to expect. That's it. Right. That's it. The savior has come down. And <laughs> now he, he gets canned, right? Has to sit out a year, the obligatory, like, all right, you know. Actually, right. he was in New England last year. No, he was he was doing he was uh, scouting year. stuff, right. yes. He's right. apparently great at everything. He can be right. a scout, I was gonna say, he can be a play he, caller, he can be a defensive coordinator, he can be a coach. He he's I mean, having Jack a Walter. versatile skill set does not make you great at everything. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's apparently the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Which like look, if Brady was there, I'd just say, yeah, whatever, who cares? Because right. he's not really an offensive coordinator. He's standing there with a headset mm-hmm. that's not plugged in. Okay. Right. Which is by the way, what Josh McDaniels has done for the last decade. I, I look forward to him with the Raiders. Um <laughs> Josh McDaniels has been atrocious every single place he's been that doesn't involve Tom Brady. Right. Everywhere. Right. Okay, including New England. When he didn't have Tom Brady, it was, it was an offense that couldn't move the ball for more than three yards at a shot. <laughs> and now apparently he's a genius. But I, I look forward to Patricia running an offense that their main weapon is Damian Harris. And it's just <laughs> Mac Jones throwing a quick out for 40 plays worth of the game. Um. But anyway, I digress. I look forward to hit, to to telling people to hit the New England under aggressively, <laughs> as that team is not good, and I don't care that Bel- Belichick is crazy as he's not saving that team. That team is not good. No, they're done. And and whether or not you're, uh, if we all find a way to get everything circled back. You know, you're gonna go ahead and lay your forty to one Tua Tagovailoa MVP odds. <laughs> I was kidding. I was kidding. <laughs> this is how rumors get started, right? Yeah, well, yeah. And you're just running with it. Yes. Yeah, no. Go ahead and, and, and get your overs on the Bills and, and unders everywhere else in that division, and uh, you can feel uh, you can get a, a nice sound sleep when you go to bed this football season. <laughs> All right. Hey, Heist. Thanks, man. Appreciate it coming on. What do you got going on at bedside? Anything you want to plug? Yeah, plenty of stuff for the NBA Finals, uh, NHL Stanley Cup Finals as well. Uh, every baseball game that you need for uh, for today, all those stories are up and posted at BetSided. And then make sure you guys join us a little bit later on today. Uh, daily Bet Slip, 5 p.m. East Coast time. It'll be myself and Reed Wallet going through the games of the night that you should be wagering on. Got to look at the uh, American League Cy Young uh, awards, including a couple guys that uh, I think are a bit off the radar that uh, still have a great opportunity uh, to work their way up to get some value. That's every day, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, and then bet and breakfast. Uh, you can hang out with us on our live stream at 11 a.m. East Coast time, Saturday and Sunday as well. So, yeah, we'll see you guys right here on this uh, on this very YouTube channel uh, a little bit later on today. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much. Hopefully people with the uh, hockey, with the Stanley Cup playoffs, hopefully they bet the avalanche uh, because that was a ritualistic killing against Edmonton. Uh, that team has more talent on their defense corps than most teams have uh, up front. So, in any event, I digress. Heisler, thank you very much, man. Appreciate you as always. Uh, and, we, of course, have you back again next week. All right, fellas. Take it easy. All right. So we're going to wrap it up here. Tanya's been nice enough to give me an hour to do this nonsense. Um, look, we always wrap up, Tanya, with this, what's going on. I got to say, I got to kind of set you up for this one, and then we can we'll, – we'll, we'll wrap. Um, you would remember me probably about three weeks ago now. You had a piece about the Bears in there. Yeah. 
their receivers that that was received aggressively. And I got to tell you, <laughs> funny story to this. <clears throat> so your reach apparently is better than mine, and God bless you for it. Because the same day that you wrote that, I wrote Stag in the Box about how the Bears were actively trying to get Justin Fields fired. Right. Almost the ex- like we wow. literally almost wrote the exact same thing the same morning. Right. right. And <clears throat> I had a couple of people in the comments like, oh, fuck you. You know, like basically like that. But nothing like visceral, like on Twitter. You wrote that the Bears just suck essentially off- <laughs> offensively. Right. And I fly under the radar, a couple of hate comments. You get, you're, you're all over the place and right. people are going crazy. By the way, obviously, I agree with you. I wrote the exact same thing. Right, right, right. They are horrific to a point of almost they should be charged with a crime offensively. I was brought on by a Chicago station later that week. And <laughs> your story came up. Like, they're saying he's trying to purposely get, get him out of there. I'm like, I don't know if he's trying to, if they're trying to purposely get Justin Fields out of there. But let me tell you something. They're going to get him out of there because they are horrible around this poor kid. So I just want you to know, you've taken over the city of uh, I, I love how they don't call me. I love that they don't call me. I you get you, I may have more reach or whatever. You you get the phone call to talk about my article, which is better because I don't want to talk about it on some hostile radio station. But you know, I'm at Mike Sneer. I'm not hard to find. My email is easy to get to. So and some of these stations have had me on in the past, but uh, it was just brought up as an aside. But it was brought as, up as, as an aside. Look, this is what teams do. Justin Fields is not the new regime's guy. He's not the new regime's guy. And they're playing games. We've seen. We talked about this on uh, in the past over beers, etc. It's like yes. we want. We saw something last year. We didn't like it. We want our guy in. We're going to play goofy games and be like, "Oh, he didn't work out in the second year. It's time for us to change the culture." That's what's going on. And by the way, the Bears were accused of a crime. They just had a practice wiped out because they can't follow the NFLPA rules. That's <laughs> the geniuses that you're standing for, Bears fans. It's the season not even started yet, and they're doing Urban Meyer stuff because they don't know how. A, a union contract works. I'm deeply concerned about an organization that drafts a quarterback and then immediately is like, we are doing nothing to support him actively. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's, last year, it's like, we won't run a play action pass. We won't run a read option for Justin Fields. Right. We won't do that. We made a system for Andy Dalton. He's going to run the Andy Dalton system. And then and they, re- yeah, they replace so him. With, you know, let's wait till the fourth round and draft a, a 74-year-old wide receiver from Tennessee. But you and don't believe in Dallas Jones Jr., who's who's older than me at this point? <laughs> um, and by the way, George, thanks for the comment. Uh, let us know where we can hear more from Mike. By the way, all you guys should be following him. At, at, it's, I believe it's – what is your Twitter handle? Is that your name? It's at Mike Tanier. Okay. That's on the screen. And, of course, you there can you find go. me at Football Outsiders. So, there you go. Football Outsiders – uh, I've known Mike for years. We've we've run in the same circles when we're out and about covering the league. And I will tell you, there's no better hang. It's also funny because um, the things you see when you're out and about covering the NFL. Well, I mean that that's something that's not for the podcast, but that is that'll that'll keep you awake at night. Um, <laughs> I, I tell you, okay. Um, it's been look. The bottom line is uh, football outsiders does great work, uh, whether it's Mike or it's, or it's Aaron Schatz, who's been there for what feels like 100 years. And Aaron's a great guy and, and super smart. And it's a site that I enjoy because it has, as you brought to it, humor and levity, but also like you really learn something where it's not like this guy's PFF grade is 57.2 based off a of film that no one has availability to. What is it based off of? Who the hell knows? I don't know. 
or QBR, which I think is a better stat than a lot of things we have, but also yeah. like it, it put Tua as like a top five quarterback last year, <laughs> which immediately disqualifies it as a statistic. Um, and that's where I'm going to leave this whole thing for me. And then I'll let Mike have the last word. I, I've been getting ready. I've been thinking about what I'm going to write this year, what staples I'll have. And if you followed me and you followed me for years, you know that I'll have stack in the box, quarterback rankings. I mean, it's kind of what I do and, and they've worked out well. So why change? But I was trying to think of new things. But one of the things I was thinking about was last year, I incorporated like the different statistics into the quarterback rankings. And one of the things I had was QBR. And it got me thinking about stats and how like, I will mostly ride with QBR. I mostly think it's a pretty good stat. Whereas quarterback ra- uh, rating, I think is insane. Uh, <laughs> no one understands it. Somehow like 158.3 is the highest. It makes no sense. Right. But there are so many stats now out there in sports that I look at and say like, how do people invent these things and then not realize how terrible they are when it has like Mike Glennon as the fifth best quarterback of all time. And then these people twist themselves into knots defending it. Like, we well, don't understand Mike Glennon. It's like, actually, I do understand Mike Glennon. He sucked. Like, I actually, I, I, I do. I really do. Like, I, and I, I feel like we've, we've gone so far off the deep end with some of these things. Like, stats and, and analytics, I really do feel like can be a very, very useful tool. But then you get these people who really aren't qualified to create a stat. Right. And they do it. And then they just keep going. Yeah. And they keep going. And it gets to a point where it's like, it's kind of like in baseball if you're a baseball fan like that UZR, like the range for a defender mm-hmm. and you'll get these people who are like listen Derek Jeter actually sucked as a shortstop it's like listen all right, look, I hate the Yankees with a visceral passion hate them. right right the guy was a great player like the idea that like well no actually he wasn't you go show me a guy who could like backhand the ball jump and twist and throw and get the guy out of first base nine out of ten times and then I got to listen to somebody who has like the range of an elephant and, and, and like, no, yeah, but he doesn't make an error. So we have to find common ground here in the middle somewhere. Right. I swear to you. Um, anyway, that's my two cents this week. Stop with the nonsense stats. I hate them. I've seen them on Twitter way too much this week. Tanya, uh, what would you like to uh, plug here as we as we've been? Well, for non nonsense stats, the Football Outsiders Almanac is coming. It'll be yeah. available in July. It is about yay thick. Although this is from several years ago, so it is chock full of unbelievable stats. And these are stats that have been vetted across decades. We have a database that goes back to 1981. Plus, analysis of every team, lots of fantasy advice. It is like your baseball prospectus or what you might use as your baseball primer, only about five times better. Again, it'll be coming out in July. Check back at Football Outsiders, see what's going on with it, and get the release date. Beautiful, beautiful. I would, I would highly recommend everybody go out and get it. Football Outsiders does great work. It's really insightful. It's really interesting. I love DVOA. It's my favorite stat out there because it's actually not bullshit. It's a real stat. Um, and and it, 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 as you point out, it goes back now. You guys have gone all the way back 40 years. So you can go back and look and see, like, the 89 49ers weren't ranked as the 23rd best team in football. Right. Like, it actually, like, it actually correlates, which is nice. It might give you an idea that it works. Uh, with that being said, look, I got a lot ahead of me. I got to write a few things. I've got a piece coming up uh, on the Eagles offseason that I've been doing some work on. I'm looking forward to doing that. I think they've had a great offseason. So keep an eye out for that. I'm also working on a piece about uh, quarterbacks and the history of them and the uh, history of black quarterbacks in the NFL uh, and and, and the road that they've taken to get to the point now where you look at black quarterbacks and go, yeah, most of the best quarterbacks in the league are black quarterbacks, right? We talked about a few today. Russell Wilson, obviously, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, on the field, Deshaun Watson, 
Uh, obviously, of course, right now, his on-the-field stuff taking a back seat, and rightfully so. But that's neither here nor there. There's a lot of stuff to get to, and I coach my daughter's soccer team. Oh. She has two games in three days, and it's all I'm going to do not to just pull my hair out of my head as they play magnet ball running around. Uh-huh. It's fun. It's cute. They're all good kids. But nothing is four- and five-year-old soccer like a kid getting a breakaway uh-huh. and just running clear out of bounds and then running another 50 yards with the ball. Yeah. Effort is there. Everyone should, with everyone following the ball everywhere it goes. Yes, yes. The effort is there. The execution, not so much. But that's okay. <laughs> uh, because I was a coach, I, I got uh, – she plays for free. So I, I can't complain. Um, so save that, park that a hundred bucks and call it a rainy day. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not worth All it. All right. I got to go and actually do real work. Tanya, I'm sure, has got to go back and do real work before Football Outsiders realizes he's collecting on, on, on their dime. So, <laughs> uh, with that being said, I want to thank Mike so much for coming on, for filling in, doing a great job. We'll have him back on. Uh, we'll have some fun with this as the year goes on. Uh, but for Mike Tanner, I am Matt Verderant. Thank you so much for watching Stacking the Box. We'll be talking to you again next Tuesday. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.